If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything that you need all in one place. Let me tell you about it. Anchor has all the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, it can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it is totally free. So, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Wonder if all my bad decisions get accounted in the algorithms. No statistician could dissuade me from my bigger vision. I know my occupation's quite an unlikely place in this world to occupy and talk about upon a daily basis. Our information's predetermined by some biased business. We all insermed to silicon that push our lovely neighbors. I'm done with paper chasing, think I'm on the bigger banquets. This that full circle, new wave, energy on a Tuesday. Turn a blue day to a bright hue, yellow with a smooth day in here. Extra fruit, the brain. You can't move me. The music is mad. It's a con job, but... There it is. Meet you. There friend. it is. I don't know what she's doing. What's that TikTok? There it is. Don't know don't what she's know. done now or don't know what he's done now. I don't know either. I don't know. It's a TikTok. I see it all the time. There's a lot of TikTok trends. I find myself walking around my house singing TikTok songs and saying TikTok trends, and I know that it's probably unhealthy. Dude, so like Kylie and I have very different for you pages. Hers is like very different than mine. Yeah. yeah. But I saw Dr. Pepper ad that actually made me think I watched every TikTok video ever created because it said, you've reached the end of TikTok. And I'm like, no. I've done it. I've spent, yeah, I've, spent I've spent way too much time. time. Yeah, like literally, I've spent I've spent my entire life. Like I'm gonna die de- now, die because I have reached the end of TikTok. No, yeah, but yeah, TikTok trends definitely. Um, that's one of those things. Yeah, TikTok is an interesting app. I mean, I have ninety five thousand followers on TikTok, and I can promise you that probably like ninety five thousand of those people have no idea who I even am. Like they followed me because of one video. No, they know what they know who you are. Is this not the coolest kayak you've ever seen? Yeah. What's up, TikTok? Is this not the coolest kayak that you've ever seen? All you do is put the motor down, put in the key, turn the... I don't even remember what I said. That freaking TikTok ended up getting almost 50 million views totally. Like that, And that's just on TikTok and on my TikTok. That doesn't include like all the people who reposted it on TikTok, all the people who reposted it on Instagram. I mean, like, dude, every day I'm scrolling through like the search feed on Instagram and there's my ugly feet with my weird middle toes and that dad gym TikTok of me. Not just middle toes. It's not just oh, like weird whole, middle all the toes. toes. It's the whole yeah. feet. <laughs> oh, it's the whole, it's, it's the whole feats. It is the whole feats that he's talking about. But yeah, yeah, no, TikTok, TikTok is a strange rabbit hole. I mean, like TikTok is a, is there's a lot on TikTok. I mean, you can go from a girl shaking her ass to monkeys trying to kill each other to Dude, Chase Barnes. That, he didn't even know you until TikTok. He said, Hey, there we go. I converted somebody from TikTok. My man, thank you, Chase. I'm glad that's where you found me, man. So, I mean, I guess the I guess the platform itself is 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 pretty good. But yeah, no. That's not what we're here to talk about though. We're here for another Friday night live, a little live stream, a little live podcast recording. That's what I'm going to start calling this because I mean, technically that's what this is, is a live podcast recording. We get on here every Friday night on this here YouTube channel and we talk about whatever it is and this, that, and whatever else. And tonight we're going to be tier listing some spring bass fishing baits, which is always fun. I believe this is a topic that you guys normally enjoy. I know I normally enjoy when we do it and it's always fun to just get on here and, 
you know, talk crap about these tier lists. But what's the best part is the aftermath. Because there's always like this like bunch of people who watch it who disagree with every single thing that I say. And like they get out in the comments, man, and they just go at it with each other. And it is just probably one of my favorite things to just sit back with a good bucket of popcorn and just sit there and read through the comments. But yeah, so we're going to be tier listing some spring bass fishing baits tonight. But before we get into all that, Mr. Benjamin, how are you doing, my friend? Good, dude. Good, 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 good. Yeah, I'm fishing tomorrow, so that makes me pretty happy. Yeah, where are you going fishing at? The water. The water. Mm. That's a really good place to go fishing. Nah, I like that. We're uh where you are, yep. Yep. A thing up there in that there Michigan place. Yeah, we're going to Lake Huron. We're gonna uh, try right and get on open water. Yep, just right there and just push your way on through, just bust some ice. Yeah. I'm hoping we don't have to bust any ice, but no, it should be fun. Um but in all seriousness, we're going to Lake Huron tomorrow. So that's good. That's I was fun. gonna go to St. Clair, but that place is like a muddy mess and it's gonna blow like twenty miles an hour north northwest, and that's just too much for that lake. Yeah, that is why I'm not going fishing tomorrow is because of the freaking wind. It's supposed to blow like twenty, twenty-five sustained with gust up to thirty-five to forty. And I'm just like, nah, not worth my time. I battled with it all last week during the tournament and like beat a part off my trolling motor and like beat myself half to death and stood my boat up on a couple waves. And I thought this weekend it's just, well, tomorrow it's not worth it. Sunday. I'm probably going Sunday because it'll chill out by then. But yeah, no, the wind dude, the wind is, is been rough. Yeah. But you, you catch them in the wind. You only catch small ones when it's calm. I mean, look at your Cherokee tournament. I know. Right. Just hammering down yeah i can't wait that is just just wait guys y'all just just wait but anyway yeah no so, not not even i'm serious though like you crushed him in that tournament yeah well i mean dude cherokee i'm pretty sure i don't know what it means like obviously cherokee was a tribe of indians but i'm pretty sure cherokee means the wind has to blow to catch fish because dude on that lake if the wind does not blow you're not gonna catch fish it is literally the toughest lake in the world to try to go catch fish on when the wind's not blowing. But no, current's your friend. I mean, wind is your friend. I always say wind is your friend. I just that kind of wind though, in an aluminum ball uh ball bat. What in the world? I was reading ball off my text messages <laughs> there. An aluminum ball bat. You need one of those to speak the piss out of people with. In, in an aluminum boat like that is just not super fun. One thing I do do though, and haha, I said do do, um, is that I put my power poles halfway down or my raptors halfway down, and they Turn act the like power wind poles down. Um, they act like drag, like they just create drag behind the boat. So like when I was going down a lot of those banks in the video, you'll see I had my my raptors halfway down. It's not that I was anchoring down there to stop myself. I was literally just put them halfway down to create drag on the back of that aluminum boat and which slows it down. And a lot of people just don't think about that. That's like one benefit of those having shallow water anchors that deploy like that is that you can slow yourself down in the wind because dude fighting the wind in an aluminum boat, I mean, this is different and you're going to get blown all over the place. And so you got to do those little things like that. Just little tricks that well, I've learned. And the other thing too is, um, I, I don't know what I was getting that. That, that was, was a total brain fart right there. Like that was a moment. Like, like, for you everybody like listening, my brain like start rebooting. Like, <laughs> like everybody watching on podcast form, I am pretty sure Ben just had a stroke. So like if his face starts drooping, call somebody. Oh, oh, I was going to say the other thing too is like you're such a shallow water power fisherman. You have to have shallow water anchors for the way that you like to fish. 
Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day there, if I hadn't had those to drop the poles down where I was fishing at and hold myself in place, I would have never caught those fish because I'd have probably been fighting the trolling motor and blown mud all over them and everything else and pushed them off that spot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, having something to drop down there and, and hold yourself in place is really important for me. That's one of those things that, like, I think a lot of guys who get poles on their boat, whatever poles they decide to get, get them just for the look. And, like, we make fun of them and call them double power pole boys all the time. Um, but like, I, I really think a lot of people get them for the look and they only use them at the boat ramp. Whereas how I like to fish, dude, they are invaluable for me because dude. I can stop and go and stop on specific things I want to fish on. I mean, I was awesome. never in a boat with someone that used power poles like Nick. When Nick was fishing those docks on Hartwell, dude, yeah. he was so good. He'd use the power pole. He'd like come up on one side of the dock, skip his bait up underneath drop the power poles so they'd hit in time where his boat would still drift forward and then they'd shoot him backwards and he'd lift him back up and he'd use it as momentum to go around the other side of the dock. Huh. That's he pretty was cool. So good, dude. It was, dude, that's it was actually like, unbelievable how like good his timing was with his hydraulic pumps to get it to go down and yeah. like continue him forward so he could fish the cast out and then they'd shoot him back and he'd lift it back up and he'd go use the momentum to go around the other side. Dude, that's one of those things, like, I say all the time that, like, I use my entire boat while I'm fishing. The entire deck of the boat. Front to back, I use the whole boat when I'm fishing. And, like, that's one thing that I think so many people kind of get trapped in and not doing is not using their whole platform. And, like, Dad will tell you and Michael will tell you, like, anybody that fishes, and even you, you know, like, dude, like, there's certain things that I do, you better just get out of my way. Because, like, I use the whole boat when I'm fishing. And it's funny, when we were filming down – uh with monster bass in Florida, that was one thing Sam like commented on like, dude, you're going to have to find a place on the boat and stay there because when I get to fishing, I just want to, I'm moving all the time. And I think that's yeah, it's one not thing that, that much like, fun fishing with you. Sometimes like when we were fishing those reeds, <laughs> there was a point I'm just like, Ugh, yeah, get off this my is back. Fun, like, get but off also my back. like, get off of me, please. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, at the same time, like you're, you're very much like an active fisherman. Like you're going to yeah. flip around to get to the like specific spot on the mat or a specific spot on those reeds. And like, yeah. I'm not, I will stand in like the padded section of that deck and not really move. Like just wait till I get there or like change my mechanic. No, Alex, yeah. like make sure he gets in there as yeah. soon as it's possible. Yeah, and, like, dude, I'll, like, run to the back of the boat, run back to the front of the boat, and, like, be in the middle of the boat. Yeah. No, nah, dude, I, I don't know. That's just, that's funny, though. Like, that's a fishing-style thing. That's really funny. That could be, like, a whole rabbit hole topic to go down <laughs> and just talk about. But, yeah, we'll get into that later. I, right now, though, we got to get into tier list and some baits. This episode of the podcast is brought to you guys by Monster Bass. Now, I've been working with Monster Bass since the founding of the company, and I've been honored to help build Monster Bass into the brand that it is today. I've also been proud to represent and be a part of some awesome projects with the Monster Bass crew. Now, one project stands out above the rest, though, and that is my Monster Bass Signature Series Alex Roadfish and Hammerhead 1.5 Square Bill. I helped to design this crankbait from the ground up, from the hooks that we put on it to the weight distribution inside of the bait that helps it to cast better, to the eight custom colors that I helped to design. Everything is my brainchild around this crankbait. But honestly, that's not what makes the bait special to me. What makes it special is the fact that 100% of my profits are going to be donated to the Punt Foundation. Punt is an organization helping to support children and families battling pediatric cancer. 
And I couldn't be more proud of this project. And I would be honored if you would be willing to join in this awesome giving opportunity by visiting the link down below in the show notes or going to monsterbass.com and purchasing the Alex Red Fishing Signature Series Hammerhead 1.5. Make sure to use the code BEARD. It'll save you 25% off everything on the website. Again, that's monsterbass.com using the code BEARD. It'll save you 25% off everything on the website. This podcast is brought to you guys by X2 Power. Modern bass boats and all the accessories that we put on them demand a lot of power. And there's nothing more frustrating than turning over the key or hitting the power button and nothing happening. Designed to withstand the extreme conditions and to perform above and beyond the competition, X2 Power batteries provide the starting power that you need and the all-day performance that we as anglers demand. X2 Power batteries are pure lead, dual-purpose design batteries. This means you'll have the high-cranking power that you need to start your boat as well as the cycling capabilities of running trolling motors depth finders live wells shallow water anchors and much more all day long now x2 doesn't stop there though they have a battery for every need that you could imagine from atvs to rvs to mowers and even car starting batteries there is a battery to fit a need that you have in the x2 family of batteries x2 power is made in the usa sold by battery experts and designed and built for the most demanding applications on the planet now i've got three x2 agm batteries in my boat and i absolutely love them i know that when i sit down and i turn my boat key that that boat's going to start i know that i can run every accessory on my boat all day long and not have any issue and that is why i trust x2 because this is coming from a guy who used to have a lot of battery issues i fought with batteries for years and years and years to try to find the right battery that fit my needs on the water and i found it when i started working with x2 if you want to check out an X2 battery, there's two ways to do it. You can go to x2powerbatteries.com or one of over 700 batteries plus stores nationwide. Once again, that is x2powerbattery.com or visit a batteries plus store near you. This podcast is brought to you guys by Company Cam. If you listen to this podcast as an escape from your job, I'm sorry, but we're about to talk a little bit of business. But I promise you it's worth it, though, because this sponsor could help you to save time at work so that you can get back to fishing. Company Cam is a photo documentation app designed for contractors by contractors. It's flexible, customizable, and full of features, like unlimited photos and videos stored in the cloud, custom reports, and before and after photos, just to name a few. As soon as you take a photo in the Company Cam app, it's automatically attached to a corresponding project, geotag, date, and timestamp, and attributed to the user who took it. With one look at a photo, you can learn where it was taken, when it was taken, and who it was taken by just like that. No more messy text threads, no more phone tag, and a lot less driving back and forth between jobs. See how Company Cam can level up your business by visiting companycam.com slash alexredfishing to get 50% off your first two months in a 14-day free trial. That is companycam.com forward slash alexredfishing. No, so I'm actually dual streaming this on Twitch. So I created a Twitch account. Obviously, I don't like play games. Is that am I, I'm not a gamer, but like Twitch is made for gamers. But I know there's a lot of people who actually broadcast their podcast live on Twitch, and that's like a big growing thing on Twitch is live 
uh, you know, broadcast of people making podcasts. And so I created a Twitch account. If any of you guys have a Twitch account, head over to Twitch, subscribe or follow or whatever it is on Twitch, Alex Rudd Fishing Twitch account. I've also got it linked down below. Go click the link. Go follow Alex Rudd Fishing on Twitch if you have a Twitch account, if that's something you like to do. Because uh, I would really, really appreciate it. But without further ado, Ben, are you ready to start tear listing some Dad Jim springtime fishing baits? Oh yeah. Okay, that was a lot. That was a little much. That was a little much. <laughs> All right, so oh, I'm going to be on the other page. Ben, I can no longer see you. Neither can I see the comments. So Ben, you're going to have to be the moderator on the comments, my friend, and to stop me if anybody says anything while and. Um, but let's start with something. What do you want to start with? You pick the first bait. And let's start tear listing it. Oh, the first one's always the hardest because you get you get it put in the category and it gets moved around three times. Let's start with Alabama rig. The Alabama rig. As a springtime bass fishing bait, the Alabama rig. Where would you tier list this, Ben? And then I'll give you my opinion. I'm going to put it as a C bait. A C bait. You know, I'm honestly going to go with you there and put it as a C bait. Like, I, I pretty much think that, like... We're in consensus as to why this is a sea bait, but explain to me and all the peoples why you think it's a sea bait. My biggest thing with an Alabama rig is like it's such a specialized technique, um, and it's not a bait that I can throw and just go out and catch fish all the time on it. I think there are applications where you can, and I know people like you and I both know people that keep it on the deck of their boat and go out and, and catch fish with it. But for me, it's not a bait I have a ton of success with. There's 10 other baits on this list that I would rank above the Alabama rig. So for me, it's a C tier bait. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with that. My biggest thing with the Alabama rig is, and I always go back to this is the legality of throwing the Alabama rig for every angler, right? Like here where I live, I can go three hooks, but if I go to Alabama, I can have five hooks and, you know, there's different orientations and different things and just all kinds of different legal things around the Alabama rig, even though it is a bait that absolutely gets crushed but like it is kind of specialized all at the same time. I mean, it's like the tournament last week. I caught one fish on that Alabama rig. Actually, two were there fish a bunch of it. guys throwing it? Yes, everybody I saw was throwing it. And I think at this point, even if you're doing something totally radical with an Alabama rig, unless you're out offshore like scoping them and fishing an Alabama rig, the Alabama rig is just like lost a little bit of its luster. You know what I mean? So it is kind of getting more and more specialized. As far as specialized, I mean scoping with it. Um, and then, two, just the legality of it. So I'm going to put it as C tier because it does now, catch is this, fish. Is this personal opinions? like, Or is this our ability to catch fish using the bait? Or, or how are we just kind of ranking it the way that we feel? Yeah, it's just an opinion piece. It's just oh, one giant hmm. opinion piece. You know, just like every other piece of media that exists now, it's just a giant opinion piece. Yeah. Okay, choose number two. <laughs> yeah, okay. All righty then. Uh, the Carolina rig, because I just want to go ahead and get this one out of the way. And honestly, I cannot believe that I'm going to say this. I'm actually going to put this thing at like an A or a B. Now, I absolutely... I'll, I'll go with a B yeah. solely because of its effectiveness. Like, I know how good it is on hard spots and pre-spawn. Okay. But I don't throw it. Yeah. So I hate throwing it. I despise the freaking thing. But there is a time frame, which is happening literally right now, that a Carolina rig on certain lakes around here, if you go drag that thing, you're going to catch apps. Like, you don't get many bots, but the bots that you get are absolute freaking giants on it. 
And, like, dude, there are so many tournaments won, and there are so many scenarios where picking up the Carolina rig is the only thing that they're going to buy. And that's why I almost say, like, A or B tier because of just the pure effectiveness of the bait and the amount of people who just freaking wreck people with a with a Carolina rig. So uh, what do you think, A or B? I mean, I would want to almost say B because I don't like throwing it. I want to say D because I hate throwing it that much. But literally the effectiveness and the ability to catch a giant fish, I almost have to put it in a B. Yeah, B. B. No okay. higher than a B for me. Okay. I'm going to say B because, dude, it is. I mean, like, man, the Carolina rig, there's – I'm telling you, dude, there's one specific lake around here that, honestly, you go toss that thing, you're going to get five to six bites, and they're all going to be three and a half to four pounds. It is the craziest thing that you've ever seen. And they'll only eat a Carolina rig, and I have no idea why. Very odd. Very odd. But I think the biggest thing is that weight bait separation. Like when you get that weight, and you got to throw like a super long leader too. Like I'm throwing like a 24-inch leader. Like I've even thrown like leaders so long that it's hard to cast it before because like that's how long the leader has to be to get them to eat. Yeah. So let's. I want to talk about something because I had this debate while we were in Florida. What the hell is the purpose of a clacker bait on a Carolina rig if you're wanting the fish to eat the bait? Wouldn't the clacker bait attract them to the weight instead of the bait? It just attracts them to the overall setup. Just kind of attracts them to the general vicinity of where it's at. Yeah, and it protects the knot. I think that's bigger than anything. It protects the knot that connects to the swivel. Isn't that what a bead's for, though? I'm yeah, talking about like the little clackers. But the, no, like the little clackers in between the beads. Yeah, I never really understood why there's like you put three beads on there or you put different color. Dude, I don't know. It doesn't matter what color that bead is. Your one ounce weight's going to be dredged into the mud <laughs> yeah it's gonna be throwing up mud and you're gonna have this little crawl out behind it i guess that is right it's just like as you're dragging it that's creating the noise that just kind of attracts to them to that general vicinity and then they key in on the bait that's dragging out behind it and yeah, that makes sense I, I don't know why i couldn't just logically think about that all right you get to choose the next one what do you what do you got uh, let's go with my number one springtime bait for largemouth pretty much my number one bait for a largemouth and that's gonna be a yig, a yig, Dad Jim yig. <laughs> is that kind of like? Is that kind of like uh, like um, Kanye when he changed his name to Yay? We're gonna change it to the yig. <laughs> Dude, I love fishing a jig though. Like in all honesty, and I could even get more specific. Like we're talking a casting yig versus a swimming yig, but it's it's an it's an S tier category for me for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, absolutely S tier all day long. A jig for me is something, man, that like, number one, I've grown to love. I didn't used to love it as much as I do now, but I have grown to love it. But I mean, starting right now, literally throughout the entire summer into the fall again and throughout winter again, I'm going to have a jig tied on. I want to have some version of a jig tied on to go flip, pitch, throw around. Let's say you get one style of jig. I mean, are you just going with a casting jig, like a half ounce casting jig? Yeah, probably like a, a half ounce just like general, like Arky style, general purpose, something I can skip, throw, pitch, flip, doesn't matter what I want to do with it, change up the trailers on it, and just and go fishing with it. I mean, like, dude, I think there's places yeah. for finesse jigs, and there's places for football jigs, and there's places for that and places for that. But I think for my fishing style, having something that I can do a little bit of everything with, like that new Berkeley, like that new Berkeley flipping jig. It's just like a, re- it's actually the the picture, it's the picture of what I have on there. It's just a good jig like it does everything good nothing perfect but everything good (laughs) i 
I'm actually a big fan of the skipping jig from Berkeley when they sent those. So I actually have a handful of the skipping jigs yeah. from Berkeley and it's got a like more sparky style head where the front head of it is sort of almost squared off. So it skips yes. better. I love yeah. that jig. Cause it's just a little bit more compact. Yeah. Like the, the flipping jig has a little bit longer hook. Um, that skipping jig is a little bit more compact. It's closer to what I would normally pour for myself. Now that's not to say I'm not still pouring jigs cause I am still pouring my swim jigs and my compact jig, but I love a jig. So explain to me, uh, you can explain this. I mean, even to me, Explain why you would want a shorter shank hook on a jig versus a longer shank hook on a jig. Like, what's the Over, yeah operational for me it's purpose? The overall, overall smaller profile. So you still get a pretty big hook gap. So like the gap on the hook itself from the straight edge of or the straight side of the hook to the curve is still pretty large. So you still get a good hook set into those fish, but it's a smaller overall profile. So that's a jig that I'm going to throw post-spawn basically through the beginning of fall. Um, my swim jig is pretty specific too. Uh, I'm, I'm typically throwing a finesse light wire swim jig, which I'm trying to get a hand on some Berkeley finesse swim jigs, but I've just not been able to yet. So we'll see if we can't make that happen before they get really good on that swim jig bite. Yeah, dude, I love that more kind of finesse style swim jig too. And you turn me on. Hold up, that. hold up. I got to give a huge shout out. Fishing with Shredders is on here, and I've yeah. like Shredders moved away and went to Minnesota, and oh, so I, I don't get to see I don't get to, to see Shredders, Shredders pretty face when I come up to Michigan this year. No, dude, it made me so sad. Oh, he just moved away to Minnesota and up and left our smallmouth here to go be a guide out that way. Dude, so so what you're telling me is he's crack he's cracking the giant bags out there just like he was cracking the giant bags in Michigan. Yeah, I think he's doing multi species even. But Ooh. anyways, he, I just saw him pop in there and that made my heart happy. So well, appreciate you, dude. I appreciate you coming in here. We're gonna miss you. I have to come up to Minnesota and see you and go fishing. But no, yeah, finesse finesse swim jigs. You got me turned on to that. And that was something like I was used to fishing them them dad jib like grass swim jigs. You know, big yeah. four or five aught just gigantic hooks. And you actually tied me up some of those more finesse style jigs. And I started playing with those and realized that more razor point, more smaller diameter hook in that swim jig, dude, is the deal. If you want to just really, I mean, gaff their ass and like get them yeah, good. And, and you don't have to set the hook hard. Like it's not a jig where you have to really swing on them. So when you're swimming that jig around shallow cover and they eat it, you can just lean into them like a crankbait. Yes, it's not exactly. going to work like that great and super, super heavy cover, but. For me, like when I'm fishing on that shallower water, kind of that more sparse cover, early season grass or yeah. even docks, that's yeah. the jig I'm going to go with as a finesse swim jig. I got yeah, a bunch dude. of questions coming in here um, about the trailers that I'm going to use. I yeah. really like uh, Berkeley Chigger Craw, like four inch Berkeley Chigger Craw, bite it down off that first section. That's the mm-hmm. trailer I'm using for my casting jig. And then I'm still trying to figure out a good one for the swim jig. I use the rage chunk a lot, um, but I'm still playing around. Yeah, dude, Berkeley chigger crawl. I mean, I after last year and the amount of fish that I caught on a jig with a Berkeley chigger crawl, whether it was up there with you or whether it was down here, I mean, I just literally won't throw anything else. I mean, unless I'm doing something. Now, I do like the Maxent meaty chunk. 
there is like this time of year specifically as we're transitioning from, you know, cold temps to warm temps, that kind of spring transition in the rivers. And I think it's more of a rate of fall thing than it is actually the chunk itself where that chunk has no action. It just drops straight down and it gives it a little bit bulkier profile because I don't actually run the ch- the chunk up onto the shank of the hook. I'm just hooking it, you know, that kind of traditional chunk style right through the middle and making a big longer profile and man, that max scent meaty chunk and a chigger crawl are my two go-tos. Um, and as far as like fishing current and stuff, I'm going to go with the meaty chunk too, just something that's going to fall really, really quick. Now, speaking of jigs, well, let's talk about this. If you've not checked out the Berkeley jigs, you absolutely 100% need to do that. There's a link to Tackle Warehouse down below, and I'll make sure and link the jigs as well. The cool thing about these jigs is all, everybody knows every company out there, every bait maker and manufacturer has a jig, right? What Berkeley did was they infused freaking power bait into the skirt of these jigs. And so they took a component out of the jig that would have normally been a deterrent to a bass in some ways as far as scent and taste and turned it into an attractant to a bass as far as scent and taste. So you need to check those out. But number two, as far as like jig fishing, but this isn't a jig, is going to be that Agent E. Now, that's something I'm so super excited about because it's meant to be fished like a jig, and I'm really excited to fish it like a jig and fishing in some current situations where I normally fish like a, you know, like a a three-quarter ounce or ounce jig. I'm now going to take the Agent E and go fish that in those situations and see what I can get done with it. I think that's going to be a fascinating thing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with one for sure and and try to catch some fish on it. That's a bait that I want to learn. Yeah, it is me too. Like, I really want to figure out, like, where it is is meant to be used. I've actually got one tied on in the boat. I'm taking it Sunday, and I'm going to lock it in my hand for, like, a good two and a half, three hours and just play with it and see what's going on. Speaking of Sunday, that cat just, that cat. So, my cat has learned to throw her little ball under the door so that I'll roll it back out there. It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Anyway, are, are they having an open on Cherokee? Yeah. So that's Almonds. why Hallman's here. Yeah. Okay, so when does it start? Next week? Probably. So I'm going to be out there with everybody and their brother on Sundays, what you're telling me. If you're going to Cherokee. Okay, I may have to go somewhere else. Anyway, that's that. There you go. Let's tier list the next bait. Are you ready to move on, or is there any more discussion around the jig that needs to be had? Um, no, that's it. Yes, and yes, the Agent E is it is essentially looks just like a dark sleeper um, for everybody that has talked about that. And I think it's one of those things like they say it's a knockoff, but in my mind, it's kind of a better mousetrap in some instances. One thing that me and Ben both experienced on the dark sleeper was losing fish due to the molded hook protector or hook, what would you call it? I don't even know. Yeah, just not guard. even understanding the bait too, right? Like... I don't understand that bait. I've had some bad experiences with it, like multiple at this point. And for me, I'm excited to have like a clean slate, fresh start to learn a bait without having any experience. So that's kind of why I'm excited about the Agent E. Um, But it's a bait that I'm excited to fish and learn and understand. Yeah, it is me too. Yeah, and I think it's the same thing for me. Like I had a bad experience fishing a dark sleeper where I lost some big fish. And I just never picked it back up because I'm not a very trustworthy person as far as baits go. And if something doesn't work like the first time, 
I just don't pick it back up and play with it a whole lot. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Um, the, yeah, people know that I was fishing Cherokee Lake. I live in East Tennessee. I mean, it's kind of one of the lakes that we fish around here. I'm not really trying to hide anything from anybody. I just don't, you know, here's one thing, and then we're going to move on because it's just one of those things. I had a lot of people ask me where I'm fishing. The reason I don't say where I'm fishing, and, and I, I want to verbalize this as much as I write it to people, is that if I tell everybody where I'm fishing, that I just have a bunch of people to show that show up to watch Alex Rudd to see where he's fishing, not to watch Alex Rudd fishing. If you know where I'm fishing, that's great. And like, if you want to go fish that spot, go right ahead. But I will say, don't go chase my bite because chasing someone's bite always like never works out for me. Like, unless I'm just like going to Ben's house and I'm like, all right, Ben, we're going to go get on your bite and you're going to show me how to fish your bite. <laughs> like I've never gone on a wild goose chase and it has ever worked out for me. Anyway, that's that. There it is. Let's go on. Uh, is it my turn or is it your turn? It's, it's your my turn. turn. Um, let's go. Let's just get this one. I want to do this one. The swim bait. And so I pulled a picture of a mag draft, um, but I guess this could encompass a bunch of different swim baits, right? This could encompass like everything from your little, like, you know, I don't like a little Kitek all the way up to your eight inch big bad boys, all that kind of stuff. Where, where in your opinion, Ben, are you putting a swim bait like that? Uh, I'm sorry. I was reading the comments. The mag draft or or a hard body <laughs> swim bait or both, just in general. Uh, let's just say a soft body swim bait. For me, it's a D. A big soft body swim bait is a D. Really? Explain yeah. that to me. A big mag draft style swim bait is a D. I've never caught a fish on it or one. What about? But like I've never really thrown it. Six to whatever, like like six inch. Yeah, I've never caught a fish on it. So you're I've caught them on a glide bait, but a glide bait's a different category bait almost. I mean, it is to an extent, but again, that's still going to be like a C category bait for me because it's so specific and seasonal, and I don't know the bait enough where it's something that I'm going to have tied on and go and have confidence to throw. I would throw six or seven more of these baits in front of it all the time. All right, what about if we were to lump everything in from something that's four inches or three inches all the way up to something as big as eight inches? A swim bait in general is going to be a, a B. soft body swim soft, bait in general. A soft general. body swim bait in general is going to be a B springtime bait for me. Okay. I can agree with that a little bit better than throwing it into the D category, especially if yeah, you lump yeah, them yeah. all together. I mean, if you lump them together, if you just say swim bait, yeah, it's going to be a B category for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could have broke that literally up into like four different categories. Yeah, you could have tough. like that's finesse what, swim baits. Hard. Like a yeah. big swim bait is seasonal. It's or not necessarily seasonal, but it's specific. Yeah, it is specific. I mean, especially even like a six inch mag draft. It is a right now until well here anyway. It's a right now until post spawn thing, and then it's just ineffective in a lot of ways i mean obviously there's unique bites and that's what wears me out like about some baits right is people are like dude i smash them on docks on this lake in june with a mag draft yeah that's a very specific bite you know what i mean like but as far as like effectiveness in a broad range i'm gonna have to say like b2 i think that it's definitely b because of that because it is like 
it's a seasonal hey look an afco ad it's like a seasonal <laughs> if you want to use the code a it'll get you 20 percent off it is a very like seasonal specific thing in a specific bot but it can also have some really kind of super specific bots within the bot you could also apply it to the alabama rig too yeah i saw the comment i saw your dad's comment oh did that yeah so swimbaits, why is it a C? Yeah. Well, because I mean, you could also affix spinnerbaits on there or frogs on there. I mean, there's a lot of things you could affix to. to and then the William ears. William brings up a really good point. You could put a Kitek on an underspin, and then like you get your big hollow bodies that we fish on lead heads in the current around here. Yeah. So I'm going to say B. I, I think B is a good solid middle ground like grouping or tier for swim baits in general and when we say swim baits in general we're talking anything from like a two inch kitek all the way up to a 10 inch mag draft <laughs> soft body boot still boot tail style swim baits you know what i mean yeah yeah and and we are talking about spring right and obviously swim baits have the ability to catch them in the spring that's why they go in the b category but there's still other baits in this category that i know are going in the a and s category for me that is just going to beat out the, the swim bait every time. Yeah. yeah. All right, your turn, buddy. Uh, let's go. Let's go with a B category. Is the one that you have looking like a chigger craw? Is that a Texas rig? Yes. Yeah, that's going to go in the that's going to go in the B category for me, or potentially even the C category. So explain that to me. It's just not a bait. I'm, I'm going to pick up a jig this time of year. I'm looking for a bulky presentation, something that's going to uh, create a bigger presence in the water. A lot of times I'm fishing dirtier water situations. And to me, when I'm in a Texas rig, like a creature bait, that's going to be when fish are pressured. That's going to be when it, the water's cleaned up or it's warm and I want like a smaller presentation. So for me, it's like a B or a C category. It's just not something I do a lot in the like springtime. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in B. I mean, I would say it's an A for me just because I do fish it a lot more than you do. But I would definitely say B just is a good solid middle ground because it's one of those deals that there is like a specific bite that happens in like February, March time frame in the creeks around here where you can go through a Texas rig and for some reason they want that smaller profile of a Texas rig and they don't really want to commit to a jig. And yeah. then there's like a lull in that where you can pick the jig back up and crack their head, but then right when they move up to spawn, because I'm considering like pre like spawn is part of spring. I mean, because you know our fish start are start spawning in April, and April's technically still the spring. And so like there's a time period there where like an unpegged Texas rig, like where you're bed fishing, but you're not sight fishing. You know what I mean? Like it's where you're just, you know, casting in areas where bed should be, that if you're not fishing an unpegged Texas rig where there's that weight bait separation where that fish can really get a hold of that bait, you're going to miss them every single time with a jig or something like that. And then you get into bed fishing where a Texas rig can reign supreme as far as a bed fishing bait. And you can catch a lot of fish on, you know, bed fishing with a, with a Texas rig. But for me, I'll tell you one of my favorite bed fishing baits is a jig. Like I'll get them agitated with a Texas rig and then I'll flip a jig in there and crack their head completely wide ass open with it. So the other big thing too is, is people have to understand I'm fishing in Michigan where our fish are like really, really dumb in the springtime. It's not the same as Tennessee. And I'm also fishing for a lot of smallmouth. And so like for me, I'm not in a situation where I absolutely have to go out and catch them. I'm not a tournament guy. And so 
I'm just going to pick that jig up and flip it around. And then if things get tough, then I'm going to pick up like a Nico rig or something. And, and I can pick that up instead of having a Texas rig. Like a Texas rig for me is such a limited bite. And I think if I were a tournament guy and I was fishing more tournaments around the spawn, it, it would be higher up on the list. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I mean, I just know for me, it's more a tier then definitely you can, toss it, you can toss it in an a tier yeah we've not got anything there I'm let's okay stick with it there. an a tier yeah uh, let's go with an a tier just because for you it's a regional thing and for me it's a regional thing i think it's a regional it's a little bit of regional bias on both of our parts and but i, I think know some guys good... that crush on it but for me like i'm gonna pick up a tube or a nico rig instead of instead of you know a texas rig that's why okay all right all right all right my turn uh the old jerky bait all right, so I'm just going to go ahead and say this, put it out there, S-tier, all day long, every single day. I've caught more giant fish on a jerk bait. Probably it is equal to the amount of giant fish that I've caught on a square bill in my life. Like, dude, a jerk bait is a 1,000% confidence bait for me, and when they start biting that thing from Michigan to Texas, it is you're going to sack them. Like, S-tier all day long. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think that that would be too hard. Now, I do want to bring this up because there's always a good discussion around this. Do you believe that live scoping will eventually make a jerk bait in a, an ineffective bait or not as effective as it is now? Or do you think that it'll always have its effectiveness just because of the erraticness of a jerk bait? Like just how like hard, crack, and erratic and just the jerk bait is? No, it, it just catches fish because it triggers them when they're hungry and when they're um, not hungry. They're just reactionary to it too. So it's just an overall, it's, it's a good present or a good presentation. that's going to catch them all the time. It is also a good present. Like if you want to go to a taco warehouse and use my affiliate link and buy somebody a jerk bait, you can totally do that. <laughs> Dude, my plugs are flawless tonight. They are flawless. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know about flawless. Oh, they're, they're unapologetic flawless. for sure. They're definitely unapologetic for sure. Um, but yeah, I tell you another thing is that specific jerk bait that I got there, that stunna in that orange color. I really want to try that thing. Like, I feel like that that could be some juice. Sure. Maybe, maybe no. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. You also live in a place where like me saying things like that just almost doesn't apply to you. Cause you can take uh, I mean, a jerk bait and just go crack them. No, I mean, it's not that easy, but it's definitely like, the, the red for me doesn't necessarily matter as much. Yes. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. bait. I think if I had a lot more tannic water like we used to have, that would be a bait I'd have tied on like immediately because I could go to those tannic bodies of water. I could catch them on that bait. Um, but now I'm talking like clear, clear water. It just doesn't get me as excited as it used to. Yeah. So Jason Emery asks, can a jerk bait be utilized in straight mud, a.k.a. two feet visibility? I don't know about straight mud, but I've caught some fish in some pretty daggum muddy water with a jerk bait. Like to the point where you go tell somebody we're catching them on a jerk bait. Like I'll never forget me and my dad were cracking them one day on a jerk bait. We probably caught 20, 22 pounds on a jerk bait. I mean, like every fish we loaded up into was like, you know, three and a half, four, five pounders. Um, and the water was probably three foot visibility maybe just a really kind of muddy stained you know i wouldn't say like clay mud but definitely just like kind of chocolatey mud water and i mean dude these fish were just uh, annihilating this jerk bait 
And so we saw this guy that dad knew. We pull up and, and he goes, we catch them all. We said a jerk bait. And the guy goes, no, nah, it's too muddy for a jerk bait. And we were like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. And then we just kept on commencing to cracking them on a jerk bait. But I tell people all the time, like as far as jerk bait fishing, it is probably the most erratic and most violent bait that we throw. Like as far as like water displacement. I mean, outside of like a big glide bait or an Alabama rig or something that just pushes a ton of water. I mean, dude, when you crack a jerk bait, it's got like 52 rattles in it and it's like darting through the water column and it's pushing water and it's stopping and going and cracking and slapping and just jerking all over the place and moving. Well, I what think, about a crankbait? Well, I mean, I it's mean like you're a, literally digging it into everything. But it's but it's that same sort of violent action. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I'm just but like, being dumb. I think those fish, but it is, I mean, it, it what like a crankbait. I mean, just like a crankbait. It's displacing so much water that I think those fish can key in on a jerk bait a lot better than I think that we ever believe that they could. It just relies so much on sight because it's not a constant sound coming through the water. It's not a constant vibration. But if your water is naturally muddy, like if your water is naturally two foot vis vis, like Mm -hmm. you can throw a jerk bait in there in those conditions where you'd think it's like normal or cleaner than normal. Yeah, because those I mean, fish are so keyed into that, you know, that situation that they'll still find it. A great example is when I was in Oklahoma with Edwin, and I whipped out a jerk bait, and he goes, "You really gonna throw a jerk bait in this dirty water?" And I'm like, "Heck yeah, I'm gonna throw a jerk bait in this dirty water." And ended up catching a few fish on it, just because those fish are already keyed in dirty water, and so fishing a jerk bait around all those shad and doing all that, it's just you know, it, it is what it is. Ben, what um, what pound test do you use on your jerk baits? I use ten. I'm ten all day long. I'm using ten. I actually went to this tackle store by the house the other day, and I found some Trilene Fluoro XL. Mm-hmm. They're 100 fluorocarbon XL, which is like mm-hmm. actually meant to be a spinning rod line, and I love it for a jerk bait. It casts so well; it's more limp than their true 10 100. Yeah. And I got a great deal on it. That was the other big thing. I got a great deal on that stuff. Yeah, I need to ask you about that tackle store because if uh, if I do some not fishing this year, I'm going to see if you can grab me up some some flare, flare carbon that glows because there's only one brand that makes flare carbon that glows, right? I have zero idea what you're talking about. You have no idea? Like the glows in black lights? Yeah, no do, clue. You have no idea what I'm talking about. No, you we don't night fish much. Yeah, I guess you don't. Um, there's there's line, <laughs> there's line that has a chemical in it that glows under black lights, so that you can see your line at night under black lights. Hmm. No, no, no clue. Have you ever fished with a black light? No. That's the damnedest thing. That is one thing. I Ben, we have been friends for damn near six, seven years now, and I have never had a conversation with you about not fishing and i've never had a conversation with you where i thought that you wouldn't know what a black light was <laughs> i mean i know what it, i know what a black light is i know guys down south that have black lights on their boat but like i've never done it i didn't know guys had like a line that the glows yeah showed up with a yeah. black light oh yeah like we change our spinning rod line out and our fluorocarbon out and everything because there's specific line that has chemicals in it that glow no, I did not know that. Well, I mean, why do you even care at that point? Because you can see it. So you Obvious. can see where you're casting and like <laughs> see your line. 
Yeah, I guess. Dude, you got to come down here and go. I'll fish into the night, like into the darkness, but I've never intentionally gone out. Dude, you got to realize our nighttime, even in summer, is like 60 degrees. That's like oh. that's like a warm night. 60 degrees. Dude, that's perfect. Like that, I would go not fishing every night yeah. if it was 60 degrees. Anyways. Whatever. He no, Lord Vader. I'm just saying, <laughs> saying it, Lord Vader. <laughs> Lord Vader. Um, he's not messing with me. No, I think I'm really he's, not messing like with him. Like he's legit. Right this line that glowed in the dark. Yeah, we don't we don't fish with lights on. Dirds goes out and it's pitch black. That's weird. That's really weird. All right, let's go on to the next one. It's your turn. Do you get, you one, one thing. I, I got a question. Do you get oh, eaten God. up by mosquitoes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't turn a headlamp on because as soon as you turn a headlamp on, it's like, yeah, it's awful. That just sounds miserable. Yeah, it sucks. Like that's that's why I've always wanted to try to figure out how to film at night on infrared. Like I would love to get an infrared camera to film on at night because as soon as you turn a light on, number one, you'll spook the fish. Like I, you literally, I've seen instances where you turn a light on and the fish stop biting because you spook them. But number two, like dude, the freaking bugs will absolutely tear you to pieces. And no, red lights don't help, Jason. I wish they did, dude. Any sort of light, as soon as you turn it on. They literally start eating your head completely off your body. Which one? Anyways, it should be your turn. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's your turn. I just did the jerk bait. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm so dumb. I'm sorry. Let's talk. uh, Let's talk. My first D tier, the shaky head. Oof. Yeah. So uh, this is D tier, not because it doesn't catch them. Just because I'm not gonna slow down and pick up a shaky head, I'm gonna pick up a net rig. Yeah, I think that's I've lost my luster for the shaky head that I used to have for it. So a shaky head used to be my go-to finesse bait. I mean, like, dude, it used to be the thing like when you wanted a bite and you needed to get a bite, you picked up the shaky head. And like any time of year, I'd pick up a shaky head and I would drag it around. But now, man, it's just lost the luster that it had, and I fished the net rig instead. And it also is something for me is a shaky head is like a summertime bait. Like I don't really start worrying about picking up a shaky head until it's hot outside and not fishing. Like, I mean, you know, not fishing with a shaky head. I mean, it's just a great way to catch them. So I, I Michael Scarantino is going to throw me under the bus and <laughs> like scrape me off the did concrete. He, did he whip your butt the other week with a shaky head? Is that a bait that he whips you with? No, it, but he's just something that him and his brother have a just ridiculous amount of confidence in that I have a ridiculous amount of confidence in because I've caught giant fish on it, a lot of fish on it, but it's just waned. And my dad's over here going, SSSS, shaky head. He wants it in S tier. Because, like, you don't understand. Before I did YouTube and me and my dad were just out there. Dude, I remember when you were doing YouTube. You were doing YouTube and you were, like, crushing them on a black shaky head, which is the same color that I was throwing when I was crushing them. But the thing is, like, I put up a Nico rig and I can get three times the bites. Why is or I that pick though? Or a net rig and I can get five times the bites. Like, why I just, is that though? What happened? Was it just because they saw so many shaky heads? No, I think a net did... rig, a net rig forces you to fish it a little bit differently. Like the head on a net rig causes your bait to be more vertical. Mm-hmm. I really believe, like, unless you're fishing that David Dudley perfection head, your net rig is, or your shaky head is like tipping over half the time. Your worm is looking like a like a noodle on the bottom. I just don't think it's a great presentation. 
Hmm. I don't either. Not 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 in comparison to like a Nico rig or a Ned rig. That's interesting. I mean, I just find it interesting that like I've waned so far away from a shaky head because dude, it used to be something I slammed them on and I'm about to put something that used to be like my confidence bait in the D tier. But I just believe you're right that like there has been things that have come out since the shaky head. The other one's a spot remover from Buckeye. That is a great, that is a great shaky head. That's all me and dad used to use was the screw lock Buckeye uh spot removers and dude like yeah. we would search for the screw lock ones too because they'd hold on to your worm better but dude like a black five inch trick worm like a zoom trick worm with a black three sixteenths out shaky head dude i mean we used to freaking wax their asses you Spread can the small wobble heads. you can i mean there's so many baits that have taken over the place for the shaky yeah all right so do we want to put it in d do we want to put it in the D or do we want to put it in the C or do we want to put the D in the C? That was smooth. That was smooth. I don't, I don't even, I, to me, it's a D tier bait. I'm going to have to agree. I mean, I know we're probably going to get hung up by our freaking toes, but like, dude, it is. I mean, it just is anymore. Just like it's the, just not the just same. The, okay. Let's air this. All right. <laughs> All right, so my turn now. We're, I, I can't wait to see the backlash on that one. All right, um, the wacky rig, S tier all day long. Done. End of story. I'm not going to negotiate with this at all. If you say anything otherwise, you're a communist, and I don't like you. A wacky that, rig. A wacky yeah, that's rig. fine. I mean, okay. it, it catches fish. Like so many people use it, I just don't. So, whatever. I mean, I fish a, a version. I actually do fish a wacky rig. A Neko rig is essentially the wacky rig. So, yeah, sure. A tier that baby. You mean S tier that baby? I mean A or S. Or ASS. Oh, my. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, I got to go S tier because I've caught more freaking fish on a wacky rig. I mean, like a wacky rig has become my bait as of the past few years. I don't really know why. But, like, dude, even up there with you in Michigan in the spring, man, I mean, like, cracking them on a wacky rig around docks and stuff, which all those <clears> lakes are gone, and that saddens me deeply that all those lakes are gone. But, like, dude, like, the, I don't know. For me, a wacky rig is S-tier, and, and even then getting into bed fishing. Dude, a wacky rig is such a good bed fishing bait that so many people look past. Like, there is nothing that pisses a bed fish off more than when you – run a Texas rig through there a couple times and then run a jig through there a couple times and then throw that wacky rig in there and just let it float down in front of their face and they just unload on it. Well, I'm sure they get pissed off when you run your trolling motor through there too, but... Oh, yeah. Just turn the turn the okay. big motor on and just run Obviously, it. we're ah. joking. Obviously, we're joking. But there was a great segment on Bass U where Drew Benton and Drew Cook were talking about priming bedfish before a tournament. So they go out the day before the tournament, right? On bedfish yeah. they'd found, mm-hmm. they would take their bait, put it on a hitchhiker, and just flip it in there and let the bass like eat it, carry it off the bed, mm-hmm. pull it away, flip it in, eat it, so it carries it off the bed, mm-hmm. flip it in, eat it, carry it off the bed. So when they come back the next day in the tournament and they flip that bait in, the fish is conditioned to the bait and picking it up and carrying it off the bed, and they catch it first cast. Yeah, I believe in that, dude. I mean, I've, I've primed fish before like that. Like, just mess with it. I mean, it's just messing with them. It's just pissing them off. And they get so, and they get a confidence in it, too. I think that's the biggest thing, is they get a confidence in it that it's not going to hurt me. 
And like, I think that's the biggest thing is when you can override that self-preservation instinct to avoid like injury, I think even more so in so many aspects of bass fishing, overriding the self-preservation instinct of not getting injured is so much more important than actually overriding the self-preservation instinct of feeding on something. Like I think so many times fish avoid eating things because there's some little switch in their brain that says this thing might hurt me if I eat it. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but I think that's what keeps bass from eating things more than anything. Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have a we're gonna have John back on the I podcast. I think that's the thing, right? That's the yeah. conditioning. They get used to picking up that bait and moving it and realizing it's not going to hurt them, and then it does. Mm-hmm. And then I mean you just <laughs> and then it does. I mean crack them. Gaff David them Mullins thing. was so disturbed when they mentioned that that secret. He was in wow. the conversation too, and you could just tell when they started talking about this, he just like kept looking off screen and was like very uncomfortable. But why? I mean, it's not a secret. There are no more secrets anymore. That's sure like it an is. obvious. Sure, thing. it is. That's a, no. I mean, like that's such a secret. If you're going to be a tournament angler who targets bedfish, like that is so sneaky to get bedfish ready to be able to caught be caught in the morning. I guess I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just like it uh, makes sense, but it's I mean it's sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, son. Sneaky. sneaky. So we putting a wacky rig in S tier or A tier? Yeah, buddy. That one's all you. I'm going S tier just because I like it. Because it's one of my favorites. And it's in my favorite color. And that's my favorite bait to wacky rig, a Berkeley Maxent General in Junebug. It's just the best there ever was. I want to be the very best. All right. What's your next bait there, bud? <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's go with the good old. What's the one next to the lipless? That's my square bill. Let's go with the spinnerbait. Let's <laughs> <Just, laughs> skip right over the square bill and let's go to the spinnerbait. All right, so go ahead and, and, and tear it for me, and then I'll explain my... I'll just go through my disposition. Go ahead and explain, tear it for me there, Ben. I would say probably... Uh, uh, I feel bad for doing this. It's going to go in the C tier. Mm. It's such a good bait, but at the same time, like, I don't know, because it's, like, comparable to the chatterbait. Not really. I would either go B or C tier. Sorry. Sorry, I'm, old trusty dusty. I'm going to go with How B. many fish have you really smashed on a spinnerbait in the last year and a half to two years? A lot. Hmm. Fall, though, in the fall. Yeah. Not as much as, in the, as I used to do in the spring. Dude, spring, man, there was no kidding. There was a two-year stretch right there. Then in the spring, you go throw a white spinnerbait on Cherokee or Loudon, and honest to God, if you didn't catch 22 pounds by 12 o'clock, you suck. And it's like gone. It is completely gone. And I really, truly believe it's because of all the damn boating pressure and tournament pressure. Well, I really it, Yeah, and it used to be the same way. You'd take that thing and you'd cast it up around our Fragmighty and our reeds and our pencil reeds and you'd catch fish, but like, to me, that bite doesn't really happen as well as it used to. Like that bait, it's weird. It's good, but at the same time, like it's not. 
I, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna pick up you know a bladed jig or a lipless before I pick up a spinner bait now, which is crazy. But why? Like I really, really want to know. That is one of those that I really want to know why. Like why is it not like it used to be? Is it us? Is it trends? Is it the fish? Is it a combination of all of it? I mean, dude, because I mean, we used to just freaking smash them on a spinnerbait, and we just don't anymore. I don't know, Alex. I don't. Know I will either. say when when you're fishing for smallmouth around shallow water and reeds, like a spinnerbait's a great bait. The problem with the spinnerbait is that it's it's very uh, approach or or situation specific for me. Like mm. I'm not just gonna pick it up and go cover the bank. Like I'm not just gonna go down the bank with spinnerbait. Yeah. Well, and I tell you what, it's getting here is it's very lake specific. Like there's lakes that it works on, and other lakes that it just doesn't. Or there's lakes that it used to work on that it just doesn't anymore. Uh, it's very interesting. I, I would agree. What did you say, C or B? Uh, C or B. I mean, dude, it still has its place. I still catch a bunch of fish on it. I mean, it's still something that I have a specific spinnerbait rod for because it's something I still have a bunch of confidence in. Your dad says it's A or D. He's like, <laughs> it either works or it doesn't. And That's exactly that is exactly right. So if it's either if it's either top or it's bottom, let's put it in B because that's smack dab in the middle. So yeah, I mean, like dad, my dad is like so right. It's either it or it's nothing. Like you're either. You're either having the best day you've ever had on a spinnerbait and they're choking it all the way to the back of their throat and you got to replace the spinnerbait all day long because they're breaking the arms off of it. They're eating it so hard or you don't get a bite on it. So, yes. All right, Ben. Uh, that was me. That was you. That was you. Um, let's go with the lipless. And for me, personally, a lipless is going to go like C tier. <laughs> Dude, oh, I just shark. Come on, I mean, don't do this to me. Don't do I this to me, know, Alex. I know. I mean, dude, it, dude, I just <laughs> don't catch him on a lipless, I love man. a lipless crankbait so much. I, I love this more than I like a bladed jig. I'm going to I'm gonna put it in an A tier. Dude, oh goodness, I just... There's a big spider. Killed him. Oh, God. Did you get him? Yeah, I killed him. You want to see right. him? Sure. I mean, look, we'll take a look at him. Let's see him. <laughs> My room's on. a mess because it's just a child's room. Dude, I have seen spiders bigger than that crawling on my chest before. That thing's tiny. Well, it was big when it rolled, when it was alive. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it was. You ever seen a tarantula? I have. They're terrifying. Um, but anyway, uh, I wouldn't say they're terrifying. It's almost like you look at it with some awe, and then there's like the, dang, gone, that's a spider. Um, I've seen them so big that when they run, you can hear their feet tapping on the floor. Uh, so anyway... Dude, I just I literally well, listen, here's here's the thing, dude. It, it's so it's so versatile. Like I can fish it in zero foot of water, I can fish it in 30 foot of water, I can fish it over grass, I can fish it in general around wood, I can fish it in so many different ways, and it's just so good. And I think the reason why is because so many guys are picking up the square bill and the chatter bait and the spinner bait and like that's what makes a lipless good is when you can fish in those situations where other guys are fishing other baits i gotta give a shout out jason ryan says alex is also three feet taller than ben perspective <laughs> <laughs> that's funny 
Uh, I agree. I agree in the versatility of the lipples. It's a bait you can fish in uh, half a foot of water or 35 foot of water. If Caleb Bell was on here, he would have reached through the screen and 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 kicked all of our asses by now for not putting it in S tier immediately. I've caught a lot of fish on a lipless crankbait. And I've had a lot of success on a lipless crankbait. It, it just is not something I have an immense amount of confidence in over a square bill or a bladed jig. I mean, dude, a bladed jig for me is the ultimate tool in comparison to a lipless. But that's just me. Because a bladed jig can essentially do everything that a lipless can do, and it can almost do it a little bit better. But I also know it's it's two to, I mean it's two totally different fishing sound signatures and hydrosonics. I mean, it's, everything's different. But I would agree in the versatility of it, and I will agree in the effectiveness of it with other people other than myself. I love lipless, yeah. So A tier? Yeah, I would put it in A. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things, dude, for me, I'm going to pick up this or I'm going to pick up that before I pick up that. And that just, I think for me more than anything, it isn't because it's ineffective. It's just because for me, it's, it is a, not a bait. It's not a super confidence bait for me. It's just not something I fish all the time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, here's the thing is like, if you start to look at the baits that I'm going to have tied on and this is going to give everyone an idea of what the rest of this is going to look like for me. Uh, jerk bait, a jig, and a lipless crankbait are going to be like always tied on in the springtime. And so then you you'll also have a Ned Rigger or a tube, and that's like all I need. You give me those baits, and I can go out and catch them. See that, and that's where we differ. And that's what's so funny is for me, it's going to be a jig. Well, in this order, a bladed jig, a square bill, a jig jerk bait like those are the things i'm gonna have tied on you know what i mean and i'm gonna go out and have confidence like a lipless is literally gonna be it's one of those things like i know i have it tied on in the boat i have it ready to go but it's like one of those things it's like it's the last thing that i pick up in the list of things or even like with my dad he's gonna pick up a lipless before even i pick one up and it's just that it's it's his style you know what i mean my favorite lipless so it's either gonna be it's either going to be a dual realis G fix 80 or 68, which is like a really small body lipless, but that's a bait I fish along the bottom or probably like on a Ruku shad. I like the Ruku shad cause it's a little bit different, but it's a, like a smaller body generally bait. It's like, I can pick up a three eighths ounce, a Ruku shad and fish it down to like eight foot of water. What? Who makes that one? Spro. Spro. Oh yeah. Cause I remember, uh, it was one year I was up there with you and they were crushing them on that thing and you caught some on it. And I caught some on it and I didn't really understand the bait. And then Caleb came up and I started playing with it a little bit. Yeah. But like the LV is also really, really, really phenomenal bottom bouncing lipless. So is the Jackal TN70. And then yeah. just a regular dude, just like a regular trap, Bill Lewis rattle trap. trap. Yeah. It's a great bait when you're just kind of like fishing it around grass like you would a lipless yeah yeah i got a lot of rattle traps in the box because i mean everything and that's what's funny is like everything it's a lipless is a rattle trap but what's weird dude is like for the smallmouth that i catch and my buddy adam valley showed me this you make as long of a cast as you possibly can and this is your retrieve on like a six three six eight seven one like you're burning this thing like you're not 
yo-yoing it. You're not popping and stopping it. Like it's pretty much a steady retrieve. And then maybe you give it one like change of pace in the middle of your retrieve. And that's the entire just like retrieve a, with it. Just like a, like a pure, like it's a just pure fast. You're just purely burning it. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're just, I mean, as hard as you can freaking go, just burning it. Yeah. But yeah. like when you get on those large mouth lakes, you need a bait that has some sort of shimmy on the fall. Hmm. No, I get that. Yeah. All right. Um, it's my turn. Your turn. Your turn. Or my, I don't know. You choose. You choose. Uh, You choose. Okay. (laughs) Let's go chatterbait. You can just toss it into A tier right now because I'm going to say B tier and you're going to say S tier and it's going to be an A tier. Okay. You, 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 you're going to have to thoroughly, thoroughly explain to me why in what realm of freaking existence that that bait would ever go in a B tier. Um, it's just for me, I don't necessarily use it as much as I need to. So it's going to go with the spinner bait. I think it has effectiveness, but it's not a bait that I'm catching them on constantly. I'd rather throw like a swim jig or a lip gloss. I just reassessed our entire friendship. Um, I know you did. I know you did. That hurt me. I'm hurt. Like, I'll let you put it in a tier. No, dude, it's S tier. It is an S tier bait. <laughs> Do you know how many fish? You know how many big fish that I've caught on a bladed jig, dude? It's like it's like one of the most ultimate bass fishing tools ever, ever, ever. What's the people? What do the people say? Everybody over in the comment section's wrong. Never mind. I'm not even going to look over there. <laughs> Bunch of communists. Oh my gosh, uh, dude. Maybe it's my bias. But can we at least admit that when you normally catch one on a bladed jig, it's a dad Jim Gooden? It's typically a good fish, yes. Yeah. Oh, but it used to be like one of those things where you didn't get many bites on it, but when you did, they were all big. Now it's like you get some more bites on it, and most of them are pretty good. I think that's like cyclical part of just a bait where – Oh, this is why I hate. This is why it's not an S tier. Uh, it's because of the bike. Yeah. Yep. It's because of yeah. the bike. Dude, now I, I can get down on that. I can get down on that because, dude, I lost th- literally three jackhammers, like five or six cast apart. Do them little toothy bastards up there where you live. And, dude, it will literally drive you to cuss those pike wheel because like dude there was a couple of like they would bite them i'd hit them and they'd be gone there was a couple though that, like i'm just reeling it and it just goes gone nothing and dude those pike would literally just like i don't even know how they do it they just steal it from you no yeah i get that i don't know uh, I, i'm really weird though there's a there's a comment from mainstream fishing bros losing faith too many people throwing it that is exactly right but they ain't throwing the that, one I'm throwing. <laughs> but, yeah, no. But there is – I don't even want to – okay, I'm going to start throwing it on Lake St. Clair and on the Great Lakes where other people are throwing standard swim baits. Either I'm going to do it naked or I'm going to do it with a skirt on it. But for the most part, I think where other people are throwing spinner baits and regular swim baits, I'm going to throw a chatterbait through there. 
This is a hard one for me. I mean, I just have so much confidence in a chatterbait. I mean, hell, I called every fish except for the one that Michael called up the other day in that tournament throwing a bladed jig. I mean, like, dude, it was like I knew it was the tool I needed to go throw to catch them. Like, it catches big ones. I mean, Ott Defoe won the classic on it around floating boat docks because it's just something. I think it's a wee thing. Like, it's people, like, it's a bite around here. So I will take, I will put my bias aside and I will come to a middle ground with you and say that, can we at least put it in the A tier? Yeah, I'll put it in A tier. Okay. I'll tell you one thing about a bladed jig, though, is it is a bait that is, that's weird that it won't let me stick it there. Um, It is a bait that. Yeah, because it doesn't deserve to go there. It should be B tier. <laughs> no. no. Um, what? Well, how do I say this? Like, I hook them really good with a bladed jig, but it's also yeah, but you, bait- you also fish it relatively slow. Like the biggest problem that I see other people have with a bladed jig is they fish it on too fast of a rod. And I think this is like since the past couple of years has been changing. But like everyone used to throw it on a jig rod, and they used to throw it on a seven three to one reel, and they just reel it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like you're very good at slowing it down, and you're very good at throwing it on a soft rod that lets the fish get it mm. yeah i mean that's yeah i mean i taught myself how to do that i had a, I had a conversation with brett Hot one time uh i cast and he explained his philosophy to me about bladed jigs and why he uses the rod he does and everything like that and we talked for probably an hour and a half two hours about it in just really fascinating conversation that i had with him and like after that conversation, I locked a more parabolic action. I'm a crank and stick style rod in my hand. And once I did that, it changed bladed jig fishing for me. And it really taught me how to fish that thing. I wouldn't say the right way, because I'm sure there's a thousand different ways that you can fish it. But it's the way that for me was like the perfect way in getting bites, getting them hooked good and getting them into the boat. Because I tell you one thing that a lot of people struggle with with a bladed jig is fish coming unhooked. And the reason that they come unhooked is because they have a ton of leverage because of that blade on the front. That blade on the front doesn't have a really a ton of free range of motion. And so like, unless you hit them and grind them in and get them in there and get them into the boat, what will start happening is that, that, that bait twist in their mouth and you start wearing a hole out. And that's what I was going to say is like, you can hook them, get them in the boat and have them hook good, but you can also take that bladed jig and just go and pop it right out. Whereas like with something like a swim jig, you're over there, you know, smacking on it, trying to get it to come out. And it's because that blade on the front, man, that blade on the front obviously is what makes it so good, but it also can hurt you. And that's with a faster action rod. That's one thing that Brett told me was like, he said he would notice he went to some clear lake out West and that he would watch those fish come up behind that bait and eat it. And when he would hit them with that faster rod, that, that faster rod would make that blade pop, pop up. Because like the fish would come up and consume it, lay the blade down, and then he would hit them and that blade would pop. And when it popped, the fish would open his mouth and he'd pull the bladed jig away from him. And when he started using that slower action rod, there wasn't a pop in the blade. It just more was like a press. And then he was just able to drive that hook in and, and get those fish hooked a lot better. But so yeah. like if I'm throwing a swim jig and you're throwing a bladed jig, you're basically just going semi-pro on me. Pretty much. I would say definitely semi-pro. Definitely semi God, don't get me started. Oh, this is going to be such a good video. Anyway, all right. So, Bladed Jig, did I choose that one or did you choose that one? You chose I that one. I think I chose that one, yeah. Okay. 
Um, let's go with the medium diving crankbait. So this is, encompasses everything from a 3XD to a 5XD to a Dredger 10 to a Dredger 15. Like everything just pretty much that smaller body, medium range diving crankbait. You go first. Man. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that like, hmm, interesting. I caught a lot more fish this year on a flat side, but I guess you could put that in the small body, medium range diving crankbait category than I did like your more round bodies. So I'm going to encompass all of those in there. But it was also for me a very, very early In the winter spring. or in the spring? Well, that's what I was about to say. Like the time frame in which I caught it, I would almost consider it late winter. Some people would consider it early spring, but for me, it was late winter. I mean, we have not really got on a good medium diving crankbait bite on any of these lakes around here. Super, super good. And it's because I think, number one, I've been fishing shallower, a lot shallower this year than I normally would. The water's warmed up a little bit more than it normally would. We've had a lot more rain than we normally do. And so I think it's pushed a lot of these fish up on the bank. But like year in, year out, just as a consistency thing, like I got to put it in a tier because it is a bait that for me, these Highland reservoirs, these steeper banks, these transition and fish on normal years where you don't have as much influx of rain and as much influx of warm temperatures, then I'm going to go throw that bait a lot longer than I would have this year. So I can't let the bias of this one year transfer across the entirety of the bait. And I almost have to put it in a tier for that reason. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty close to, I'm in between like a A, a B, and a C. When they bite this thing and they're eating a crankbait, like this is the most fun bite and they absolutely crush it and you catch big fish doing this. Mm-hmm. But there's also a time where I'm throwing this thing and I'm it's just not happening and it's hard to put down and then I just really, really struggle because like either they're not on the bite or like just something weird. So I'm, I'm almost okay going with like a B tier here because i used to smash them really good and i've had experiences where i catch them really really good on this thing but then i've also had really bad experiences where i'll go out a whole day with this thing and just not not run into them mm-hmm. i mean and that's true here too like there's days they bite it and there's days they don't you know what i mean there's days that we crush them and there's days that we don't so you're gonna say B or C? I'm saying A. I'm saying B then. I'm I'll say B. So where are we putting it? I say B. I mean, are you gonna rig? Is that gonna be a go-to bait for you? The way I look at on. the way I look at S and A is it's gonna be a bait that I always have tied on in the springtime. Oh, I mean, for me, then we would need to move the bladed jig up to, to S. <laughs> and then we would need to also put that in the S tier too, because I literally have, I have, I have seven cranking sticks in my boat. <laughs> I have seven cranking rods in my boat. This is not a joke. Eight when summer rolls around. I have. Yeah, but like which ones? Up. The S are the ones that you're first picking up when you're on the water. The A tier is like, what you also have rigged on and you're going to pick up. Then I would have to put it in S tier. Cause I would pick up a small body, medium range diving crankbait first in almost every scenario that I could imagine. That's See, why I, I, have my- I, I wouldn't because like I'm fishing grassier areas. I'm fishing 
Like to me, it's I pick up like three other baits before that. Yeah, and I think it's just because of where we're fishing. I think it's the drastic yeah. difference in our bodies of water. Let's Especially say A-tier. super clear waters. Yeah, you can put it in A. I mean, yeah. A is fine. I mean, let's go. Let's go with kind of. Can we? Can can you settle on my kind of my determination with the lipless that in a lot of scenarios with a bunch of different anglers, it's going to be a much higher tiered bait, but because of your bias of where you fish that you're putting it in a lower category, just because it's not something that you use a ton. What? Okay. I put the lipless in a, even though I don't use it a whole lot because I know it's a bait that other people use a whole lot. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just putting it in a, because I know it catches them and when it catches them, it catches them. But it also has a time where it's in a C tier, and I want to dump my box of crankbaits in the water. Okay, I can understand that. All right, your turn. <laughs> Let's go. Is that a is that a little uh, never gone there? That is a little deadly Nedley there, son. Yeah, oh yeah. And if you're on Instagram and you're still in my phrase deadly Nedley, first of all, I didn't know first that. First of I- all, Alex picked up that Nedrig like last year. <laughs> and I now own it. Okay. Um, I own it. Alex okay. is the king of the Nedrig. I am the king of the Nedrig. I was actually going to trademark the phrase deadly Nedley. And I cannot because there is a tungsten company that made a tungsten Nedrig head called the deadly Nedley already. And so huh. I don't know if they have the phrase trademark. I still might still try to phrase the trademark, trademark the phrase. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were we saying? Hey, so yeah, girl. deadly Nedley. Yeah, deadly, I mean, that's an ass all day. Uh, I mean, it I catches can't... so many fish in the spring. I mean, it catches so many fish all year long. You have to have that bait rig done. Yes, you really do. A Ned rig has become, sadly, has Our become one list. of my confidence baits. I always have one. List, like, we might as well just say we just like catching them on whatever the fish are biting on because that's essentially what our tier list is turning into. I mean, it really, it really is. It's, <laughs> it's like, well, I. I'm really confident in this bait when they're biting it. I'm really yeah, like, confident in this bait when they're biting it. I can think of seven it. scenarios I mean, where I could go crack their ass on this. So, you know, mm. yeah, that is true. But no, dude, let's be honest. Ned Rig just straight catches them. I always have a Ned Rig tied on. I actually have two Ned Rigs rigged up in the boat. I got three finesse rods in the boat now. You'll be proud. I have three spinning rods in the boat. I got two with Ned Rigs and one with a wacky rig. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Someone said that they don't catch a dang on thing on a Ned rig. I can't believe that. That's crazy. How do you not catch fish on a Ned rig? Dead gym thing. I mean, I've catch like bluegill, crappie, auger, Ned rig for like twenty seven years of his life. And then I figured it out. And I just did he catches biggins too? Like that's the fascinating part. Is like you'll go through a bunch of squeaks, and then all of a sudden you'll run into like a four and a half five pounder, like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That's true. Ooh, off topic, and this is actually a really good topic. Them big, th- thick Ned rig baits with three C's or skinny Ned rig baits. Typically, it's a fairly skinny Ned rig bait. My favorite's like a thick, thick, thick. A thick. People have been asking me about the little <laughs> my my lips got stuck doing that. <laughs> no. People have been asking me about the little general. I've not fished it yet. Um, but my favorite is the hula sticks for sure. 
I like the little general a whole lot if I'm fishing an exposed hook. If I'm fishing, fishing, if I'm fishing, if I'm fishing, fishing, if I'm fishing a Texas rig, like an EWG style um, net rig head, I want that little trooper. I love the little trooper. I've fallen in love with the little trooper a lot more than I've fallen in love with the little general. Little general is, is great, but that little trooper, I like it a whole lot because it is a lot thinner. It's a lot smaller body. It's just a smaller bait in general, and I get a ton of bites on it. Um, to answer another question in one fell swoop, someone I say using it for smallies or largemouth, both. I don't discriminate. But that's one thing. That's a weird thing around me. Like people are like, are you targeting smallmouth or are you targeting largemouth? Well, like the other day in the tournament, I knew when I went in that creek that most of the fish we were going to catch were going to be largemouth just because of the creek. But like on the main lake, it's like a mixed bag out there. You can go down a bank and you can catch a largemouth, a smallmouth, a spot, two smallmouth, and a spot. Or you can go down a bank and just catch all smallmouth. Like, I don't think unless you're dropping on them or you're doing something like like where you know there's like a school of smallmouth out deep, that all most of these lakes around here that you can like specifically go target a certain species of fish. Unless you're like running into the rivers in the summer or you're running to moving water in the spring or something like that. I mean, I sat on one spot one time and caught two smallmouth, four largemouth, and a spot all out of one spot the size of the hood of a truck. I mean, so I don't think you can you can specifically do that. But Ned Rig is S tier. I think we all agree that. <laughs> all right. So uh, square I, just, I just love our damn list. I mean, realistically, you could put the swim bait category like small to medium-sized swim baits in the A or the S tier. You could put spinner baits. You could make an argument for it to be like a maybe a low A tier. <laughs> like, I mean, well, I mean, dude, like... I just love on, catching fish. On a couple few days, like in the spring, an Alabama rig would be an S tier all day long. That's I mean, right, it yeah. just depends. That's why I love the Texas rig. Fishing. The Texas rig. Why is this an A tier? Because when I'm bed fishing, this is my go-to. Like, oh, I mean, well, the thing is, dude, it's like, I love spring bass fishing for this exact reason. Because like if one thing isn't working out, you have got 150 other things to go to. And yeah, like versus dude, like summertime, it's tough. I'm fit smallmouth fishing. Like I'm either throwing a small swim bait, I'm drop shotting on them, I'm ned rigging on them. Yes. Maybe I'm cranking them. That's yes. it. But like spring is just like a grab bag of all your favorite crap to go throw. Yeah. Yeah, like, just grab whatever you like to catch them on, and you'll catch them on it. Exactly. All right, so speaking of what I like to catch them on, Ben, since it's uh, since it's the last one, and I just yeah, did one. Just put, her in the, just put her in your S tier, I guess. There it is. I mean, I yeah. had a conversation with Ross today from TFO. We were chatting it up, and uh, he's like, yeah, the guys down south, they use a, they use a square bill a lot. They use a 7.2 medium composite rod. And I'm like, yeah, I don't use it because I want to have some power. Like I'm fighting fish that are strong and around cover. Like you, when you're fishing Norris, don't have to worry about this. Cherokee, you don't have to worry about them going on the grass. Like we have so much grass and so much garbage and, and square bill just doesn't work that well around here. Yeah, I mean... It is different. I mean, I think that's one thing to really talk about. I mean, you can fish it in the grass, and I do fish it around grass and rip it out of grass and all that stuff, but you're right. For the most part, I'm going hard cover, vertical cover, either vertical man-made cover or rock. Like, that's where I'm going to go crank a square bill at. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And like or like practice. a 45 and you're throwing yeah. like. Yeah. Or river fishing, you know, where I'm bumping river fishing, or, where yeah. you and I were fishing when you were up here, like that would be a square bill situation. Yeah. We don't have that really anymore or not that no. much. Yeah. And I mean, dude, like I think a lot of people got to realize like when you go to Michigan, most of the bottom sand and it's got a lot of grass, a lot of like, you know, mossy kind of just mushy bottom. And like when you find a hard bottom, for the most part, it's going to be like a sand patch with a little like bit of gravel patch, on it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not really like here where when you find a hard bottom, you're on a limestone vein. You know what I mean? It's just completely different. And I think that's one thing that like a lot of people don't realize about the difference between fishing styles and like how people develop fishing styles. And it's what makes fishing so anecdotal is totally depending on totally depending on like where in the region of the country that you fish in is going to solely determine how you learn how to fish. And the only way you learn how to do other things other than what you know how to do is just to go to those different places. And like where I live here in Tennessee, it's so special because I can go punch mats. I can go to Highland reservoirs that are 65 foot deep and 20 foot clear. I can go to moving water in a river or I, I mean like anything, you know, I can go to sand bottom. Like there are sand bottom lakes around here. And so it's just a very, very different deal, especially like up North. Like you guys get pigeonholed into a lot of the same type of fisheries over and over and over again, but you also yeah, a lot have of, your a lot of grass fisheries, right? And then you have your glacial yeah. lakes. But aside from that, like you just don't really have, even on your glacials, you have that moral, you have that kind of nasty bottom. Like I'm not fishing a square bill on that. So yeah. A great, well, a great crankbait for fishing grass is going to be a lipless crankbait or it's going to be like a medium diving crankbait with a rounded bill, something that can rip through that grass pretty effectively. And one of my favorites of all time and not associated, not affiliated is uh, basically an L bill style, like your striking hybrid hunter. Hybrid hunter. Tyler actually did a really fun video on that. I watched it. It's such a good bait, man. It yeah. is that style of bait. I've caught fish on for a long time and it works so well because it only dives a couple feet deep. And so when those fish are up around that shallower grass in those treble hooks hit, cause it runs horizontal, you mm-hmm. can rip it free really easily. It's a great bait. I tell you, and you can fish a square bill in the grass. You just have to use your rod as a tool a lot more. I think that's one thing with square bill fishing, really any crankbait fishing, really any fishing period but like like moving baits specifically like square bills and bladed jigs is like when i'm fishing around grass with a square bill you just keep your rod tip straight up because that that bait obviously isn't going to dive as deep if you got that rod's tip up i mean and as soon as you feel it start to start to like bog just snap the crap out of it and just keep reeling it and, this, and as soon as it starts to bog snap the crap out of it and keep reeling it and i mean you can fish it it's just one of those things that you've got to spend the time to kind of learn how to do that and learn how to fish it around that. You know what I think you should do to to round this thing out? We should probably move the A rig up to A tier, the spinner bait up to A tier, the swim baits up to A tier. Leave the shaky head down at D and your Carolina rig at a B because neither of us really ever want to throw those. But that's that's basically how this thing should look right here. Oh, no, no. I got to do one more thing just for my satisfaction. All right, there we go. Bingo. All right, <laughs> perfect. That's what it looks like. That's How do you want to catch fish on. in the springtime? Okay, grab a rod. Let's go. 
After an hour and 26 minutes of debate, we completely reshifted the entire tier list right at the very end to settle on what that is right there. And yeah, there you go. Ben, do you feel satisfied, buddy? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, feel, yeah. I feel satisfied with it too. I feel really satisfied with it. So listen, there's 145 of you mugs on here. Go hit the like button for me right now. Go hit the like button. All 145 of you literally like, just take your big fat thumb, scroll just like this. Hit the like button. And if you've got the update on YouTube, it does this like fun little thing now where they're oh, like, the, the list goes like, ding, ding. Yeah, it's like little spark shoot out and make you just feel just all fancy inside. So go hit that like button for me because I really appreciate it. Just had a comment oh, come in from Twitch. Twitch. What's up, bro? I don't know if you know me. Uh, if you do, hi. But like, I just started the Twitch channel. So I'm very excited that there's people like, I have two followers on Twitch now. Dude, I'm I'm making it in this world for absolutely certain. That is it. <laughs> I am so excited that we just got a Twitch comment. But yeah, so we're going to be obviously live streaming not only on YouTube now, but we're going to be live streaming on Twitch. If um, it's a big fan of Ben, there you yeah. go. I hey. know him. I know him. I know, I know, that guy. I know him. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be live streaming on YouTube and Twitch from now on. And obviously, this is a podcast. So if you um, listen to podcasts. Go to Spotify, go to iTunes, download the podcast, listen to podcasts from the past. I texted John today, the biologist. He's going to be coming on very, very soon. I'm going to text uh, another guy at the beginning of this week and see if he wants to come on next Friday. And, yeah. Ben, you got anything else for the people? Yeah, dude. I was a little bit out of it tonight. I'm so tired. I was up to, like, 11.30 or 12 o'clock making that video for the bait-making channel, which is... Mm -hmm. I also made another one that's going to come out next week, which is, like, my favorite bait I may have ever made. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the one I say your picture Oh, yeah, yeah. If that... When that video comes out, you like, people have to watch that. They need to go watch your new bait-making video channel, right or channel video right now, because it's really, really good. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. But, no, I was up late, and then I came inside last night, and I found a child in my bed, and I'm like, ah... It was one of those uh, nights. So, yeah, I took some new allergy medicine last night, and it made me feel really spicy all day long. So I'm right there with you. Like, I gotta actually go take another one so that my allergies don't just completely kill me. But real life things, boys. Real life things. But listen, as always, guys, thank you for watching. You guys are sweet, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.